again, my name's Chris. I'm going to be in Galatians 5 today. But before we dive in, let's acknowledge what today is. Happy Father's Day to all of our dads, all of our dads-to-be, all of our spiritual fathers out there who have raised up the next generation. Let me just say, we love you so much, and we are so thankful for you. We're thankful for the ways that you love people. We're thankful for the ways that you serve people. You are making a big difference. Whether you're a biological dad, an adoptive dad, a foster parent, whether you've parented kids in the spirit and you've raised up many disciples, let me, let me encourage you today. Being a dad is hard. And oftentimes we pick ourselves apart on what we're not doing. But let me tell you today, you're doing better than you think you are. Your impact is greater than you think it is. That you are bearing good fruit today. So be encouraged. Be full of hope. Even when you're your own worst critic, let that stir up hope in you that you're being intentional and wanting to grow. Don't let it crush you. But say, you know what? Actually, I care so much that I want to grow. I'm, I'm doing that good of a job. Let yourself be encouraged today, all right? Because you're doing better than you think you are. And we need you. We need you. And I'm praying today that every single one of you would experience our Father in heaven giving that same affirmation and encouragement to you. That what you're hearing from me, may, may God's voice to you be a hundred times louder. And may it ring true in your heart and put strength in you to go and be the man that he's created you to be, to bear the fruit that you were created to bear, to be the kind of dad that you're supposed to be. We believe in you. We love you guys. Let me pray for you. And then I'll encourage you, grab your dad hat, all right, afterwards, grab a donut. If you don't eat donuts, give it to your kid, and they'll remember why you're the greatest dad in the world. So God, we pray for every one of our dads today. I, I, I do. I pray that every single one of them would hear your voice today, hear the affirmation of the Father, speak over them that you have what it takes, that you're doing better than you think you are, that, that you believe in us, and that they would find strength and encouragement today to go and be who you've made them to be. God, let them just be full of hope today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, like I said earlier, my name's Chris, and I'm in Galatians 5 today. And we've had a full morning, so rather than starting with a funny story to get us rolling, I'm just going to dive into Galatians 5. All right? I personally am pumped about this, and I'm a little nervous. I've been reading Galatians 5 every, like almost every day for the last six months. There's something God's been stirring in me for this, even before I knew they were going to do the series. So I feel like I've got a lot to say and a very short time to say it in. And so I'm going to try to say just a few things and not try to say everything. But if you've not been tracking with us, maybe you're new, you're, you're here with us for the first time, maybe you're tuning in for the first time, uh, let me catch you up to where we've been in Galatians. We're in Galatians chapter 5. So for the last four weeks, we've been walking through a chapter in Galatians. And, and what Paul has done in the book of Galatians is he has written a letter to some churches that he has planted. And he's trying to strengthen them, encourage them, and call them back to the gospel that he actually gave them. So what you see throughout the first four chapters of Galatians is Paul saying that there is one gospel. There's one gospel. We are saved by faith in Jesus alone. Anything that says other than that is, a, is no gospel at all. 
And he lays that out pretty much through the first couple chapters. And, and then he goes on to say that we are not made right with God by doing the acts of the law. That's no longer how we're made right with God. That I cannot do enough right to earn me good favor with God. That what Jesus has done for me has made me right with God. And so it's not about doing right in order to be right. It is believing right in order to be made right with God. And last week, Pastor Chris Fletcher gave a great word through a fire alarm and did an incredible, <laughs> incredible job of helping us understand that our identity now is rooted in being adopted as sons and daughters of God that we have been adopted into the family of God, which means we are no longer slaves to sin, but we are now free children of God. We've been given a new identity. And what Galatians 5, what we're going to be at least driving into today, is that because we've been given this new identity, who we are is these free children of God. When we live from that place, as Paul says, when we live with the Holy Spirit, when we walk by the Holy Spirit, there's something that happens within us. Something is produced within us. When we choose to live from our identity, not from what we used to be slaves to sin. And Paul's going to go in contrast what, what it looks like to live from the old identity of being a slave to sin and living from your identity of a child of God, what is the difference? What does it actually look like? And he actually explains to us that this is not just a one-time thing. See, salvation is one of those things where when we say, I put my faith and I believe in Jesus, we receive, the, we receive God, we receive salvation. But what Paul's getting at today in Galatians 5 that we're gonna dive into is that this is a way of living. It is not a one-time decision. It is a way of living. L live with the Holy Spirit. Walk with the Holy Spirit. And when you do, you will be able to recognize that you're doing it by these things. The fruit of the Spirit. When you don't see the fruit of the Spirit, you'll see the fruit of living by your flesh. And the flesh looks like these things. And Paul's going to un unpack that for us and, and help us to see that. See, because we were actually made to produce fruit. We were made to produce good fruit. That is the calling on your life. Paul's even going to say that in, in verse 13. You were called to freedom. You were called to produce good fruit. You were called to those things. Jesus said it in John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So ask, for, so whatever you ask in the name of the Father, I will give you. That's encouraging. That should be really encouraging to us this morning. First of all, God has chosen you. You've been chosen by God. You've been handpicked by him. He sees you. He knows you. He wants you. He chose you. And he chose you for a purpose. He chose you so that you could go bear fruit. I'm going to carry this peach around all morning. I might actually eat it at some point because I'm going to get hungry. But, but God chose you for a purpose. And the purpose is that you would bear fruit. 
good fruit, fruit that doesn't just meet a need in a moment, but fruit that has eternal significance, fruit that lasts, fruit that impacts lives for now and for all eternity. And I think the most encouraging thing about what Jesus said there in John 15 is that when I don't know what to do, all I have to do is ask. All I have to do is ask. You know what Jesus is previewing right here? Walking with the Holy Spirit. I don't know what to do. What do I do? My Father will give you what you need. I don't have to worry about trying to make, be someone who just knows how to produce good fruit. He actually wants to teach me how to produce good fruit. He actually wants me to be that kind of person who can produce good fruit because I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. But it means I have to take care with how I'm living. If we see how Paul starts off Galatians chapter 5, it's, he says, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. That's a tricky sentence, but essentially what he's saying is you were set free so that you can live free. You have an identity as a free son or daughter of God because you have a calling to live free. You, your identity is freedom so that you can live out in your calling, which is freedom. It is for freedom's sake that you have been set free. I made you free so that you can go bear the fruit of freedom. So stand firm then, and don't let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So stand firm, pay attention, watch out, have your eyes up, be self-aware, check yourself. Am I bearing good fruit? What am I connected to? What is influencing my decisions? How is that working itself out in my life? See, what Paul is trying to get at in this is he's trying to help us understand that we need to pay attention to how we were living, how we're making decisions. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is very different than the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are gifts given to us by God. He comes and he meets us and he pours himself out upon us and we receive a free gift from the Holy Spirit, usually in order to see his kingdom advanced. I don't earn it. I don't deserve it. That's why you can see some really gifted people with different gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit. This is going to maybe ruffle some feathers. You can see some, some people who are really gifted, living crazy, because the gift of God is a gift. Fruit is very different. Fruit is cultivated on how you live. That's why you can see gifted people that, that their fruit smells stinky. Because they've not cultivated something in them that is bearing the fruit of the Spirit. But the gifting of God is still on them. The gift of God is given freely. But the fruit of the Spirit is cultivated. The fruit of the Spirit is cultivated by how you live. It's cultivated by who you walk with. Do you walk with your flesh? Do you walk with the Spirit? Do you walk according to the law or do you walk according to what the Holy Spirit said is right? See, there's a difference between gifts and fruit. And so we want to learn how to be the kind of people that, yes, we want to walk in the gifting of God. But as I've grown in age and hopefully maturity, what I've realized that matters so much more is fruit. 
that, that matters more. That's what actually what Jesus said I was made for. That I was made to pr- produce much fruit, good fruit. And, and good fruit doesn't just happen. Good fruit doesn't just happen. Good fruit has to be grown. Good fruit has to be cared for. Good fruit has to be nurtured. And so I have to learn, how do I live in such a way that produces an environment where fruit can actually grow in my life? How can I actually do that? Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Another word for that is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How these things get room to grow in our life is through the way that we live, the decisions that we make. The decisions that that we make to either walk with the Holy Spirit or to walk according to our flesh. The way that that Paul says he's going to say it later is to either gratify the desires of the flesh or to crucify the desires of the flesh. That's how it's going to happen. It's, it's, I have a part to play in this and what kind of fruit my life produces. In verse seven, Paul's speaking to the people. And let's put in context again who Paul's speaking to. Paul's speaking to people. He's a, he's a spiritual father speaking to his children saying, I trained you to live a certain way, and now you're not living this way. He says, you were running a good race. You were living right. You were were doing what I taught you to do. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Who, Who jumped in there and told you that the decisions you were making to walk with God, to follow the Holy Spirit, to live according to his ways were no longer the right way? Who told you to, to, to make decisions according to what felt good in the moment? Who told you to make decisions a different way? That kind of persuasion did not come from the one who called you. And then he says something that I think is really significant for us to grab. He says, a little yeast works its way through the whole batch of dough. Why does that matter? Because we often look at lives who've maybe fallen off a cliff, and we think it happened one decision. The reality is a little yeast works its way through the whole dough. No one gets to the edge of a cliff with one step. No one ruins their life with one step. It's a series of steps. You take little steps to get to the edge. Little decisions, daily decisions that bring you to the edge. And it's usually just one additional little step that throws you over the edge. See, it's not about one decision that we make. It's about the daily decisions that we make. It's about the daily decision to walk with the Holy Spirit, to lean into God's voice, to align myself with what the Bible teaches. And to say, I'm going to live my life that way, regardless of what I feel that day, regardless of what culture says in that season, I'm going to live this way because this is the way that I choose to live. This is the way that is going to produce good fruit in my life. 
a little bit of yeast works its way through the whole batch of dough. What does that mean for us on a, on a positive side? A, one yes can lead to another yes. One act of obedience leads to another act of obedience. It's strength and encouragement within you. It tells you, you know what, I can do this. I can do this. I can take ground today. I can live from who I'm, my identity is today. I can make another decision. I did it yesterday. I can do it today. You know, when you fall, you can look up and say, you know what, I fell yesterday, but I'm not going to fall today. I'm going to get back up today because that's the true gospel. Let's go back to that. What, is that, what does that say? If, if, you're, if you're here today or you're watching online today and you feel like you're one step away from falling off a cliff, let me encourage you that that, that step is not one you have to take. You can turn around today and take a different set of steps. You can turn around and take a different set of steps. If you've already taken a bunch of steps and you feel like you've fallen off the cliff, then let me encourage you. You know what the gospel says? That you're saved not by what you do, but by what he's done for you. So you can receive that today. You can pick yourself back up and you can say, God, I'm going to choose to live a different way. That's the gospel. But I get to make a choice on how I live today. I get to determine who I'm going to step with, who I'm going to walk with, whether I'm going to live from my identity as a free child of God or whether I'm going to step back into the old way and live burdened to the, to the slavery that God's already set me free from. Paul's speaking to his, his brothers and sisters is what he says. He says the same thing to us. You were called to be free. You were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather to serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be destroyed by one another. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Let's key in on this because this is where we're going to hang out for the, pretty much the rest of our time. He says that you were called to be free. How many of us have gotten confused on what a calling is? See, we think a calling is a vocation, a location, maybe a relationship that you're waiting on. That's our calling. That's not your calling. Your calling is to live free, regardless of what you do, regardless of where you live, regardless of your relationship status or how well or how bad it's going. You are called to live free. That is the calling on your life. It is not what you do. It is not where you live. It's not any relationship that you're in. Your calling doesn't change based upon those things. Your calling is to live free. Your calling is birthed out of your identity. When I know who I am in God, I know how I'm then called to live. I am called to live free. That means my, my calling is no longer dependent upon any one person, any one thing that's happening in my life. It's dependent upon me walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It doesn't, and so it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. My calling is to live free. I'm accountable to me. I'm not accountable to them, not accountable to them. I'm accountable to me. So I can live free. 
I can live free in, in who God has called me to be. And that should be encouraging to us. That should encourage you today that you don't have to, to wait for some other moment. You're not waiting for some magical moment to happen in your life to really begin living your life. Today, you can leave today knowing I know my calling. My calling is to live free. God has given me an identity as a free child of God. He took me out of slavery. He put me into his family, gave me a new identity. And because I have this new identity, it's like Superman ripping open his shirt. I have this new identity. I can live from that place. And that place is a calling called living free. It means I can say no to sin. I can say no to the temptations that come at me. I can say no to the thoughts that are thrown my way. I can say no to the reactions that I want to have in the moment because I have a calling of living free. And I have the authority as a son and daughter of God to choose what I do, to make a decision about what I do. So I say I will walk by the Spirit. I will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I will choose to crucify those desires when they come my way. So how do we know if we are living according to the flesh or if we're living according to the Spirit? There's a really simple litmus test. Right here in Galatians 5, but have you noticed the simplest things are usually the hardest things? They're simple, but they're not overly complex. What it's going to require you to do is do some really honest self-evaluation. Look at yourself and say, what kind of fruit is happening in my life? What kind of fruit am I bearing? Is the fruit that I'm bearing the acts of the flesh? Sexual morality, impurity, debauchery. There's some pretty obvious ones in there. How about the maybe a little more subtle ones? Factions. I haven't heard the word faction in a long time. You know what a faction is? It's me getting on social media, painting people as villains who I don't know because they don't support my idea. That's called a faction. It's a fruit of the flesh. It's not a fruit of the spirit. Dissension and discord. You constantly fighting. It's not a fruit of the spirit. It's fruit of the flesh. You know, at the end of last year, I, uh, I did some honest self-evaluation. And... I was doing it on a number of levels, and it's what led me to start reading Galatians 5 and John 15 every day for like the last six months, because I did some honest self-evaluation, and I, and I just didn't like the fruit that I saw. You know, part of it was, you know, at work, I submitted myself to a 360 evaluation. If you're not sure what a 360 evaluation is, it is helpful and brutal at the same time. It is where you invite people all around your life, above you, peers, people that work for you, to give you honest feedback. And if they give it honestly, it hurts. But it's right and it's good. And I got some honest feedback. 
And I did some self-evaluation, and what I realized is I don't like some of the fruit that I'm producing. This is not what I want my life to be about. Ultimately, what I, what I realized is that I'd been carrying a sense of underlying frustration for decades. Frustration about where I was in life, frustration about what people weren't doing, frustration about everything. I just kind of was constantly frustrated. I wasn't always overtly frustrated with people. I'm not a yeller. I don't, that's not me. But I was, I was frustrated. And, you know, people can feel from you more than you think they can. And so what I realized that what was trailing behind me, J.D. spoke a, a number of weeks ago about the boat wake we leave behind us. The boat wake I was leaving was frustration. People were picking up that I was frustrated. I was frustrated with them, frustrated with the, how things were going. And so I realized something's got to change. Something's got to change. I got to start walking differently. So I got some help. Because I realized that I couldn't just wish for better fruit. I, honestly, I do. I wish I could pray a prayer one time and say, God, let the fruit of the Spirit flow out of me. And then there it is. No, I knew I had to do some stuff. I had to do some stuff daily. I'm going to give you four Ds. Just be ready. I had to do some stuff daily. I had to be deliberate. I had to be disciplined. And then I had to make decisions. That's, that one's harder. I had to daily make choices. So I hired a coach. He's been helping me a lot with things at work and, and being better at my job, but I hired a coach to help me begin to work through things, give me daily action steps to start taking, planning them into my life, being deliberate about when I was going to do them how I was going to do them. What exactly was I going to do? Who was going to check up on me? Who was I going to talk to about it? Daily decisions that I was going to make, be deliberate about, and then be disciplined to do, scheduled them, ordered them, planned them. And ultimately, when I did those things, what it led me to was making better decisions. I'm, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. But what I've started to experience is less frustration, more joy in what I do and who I am, more peace. Doesn't mean everything's actually changed. Doesn't mean circumstances have shifted, doesn't mean relationships have shifted, but I've shifted. Because of how I've chosen to live, I've chosen to walk by the Spirit. Why did I give you a really practical example about work? working with a coach, making daily decisions, because that's what life is like. This is not an over-spiritualization of something. This is you choosing today to say, you know what? No, I'm going to walk by the Spirit today. God, how do I walk by the Spirit in this relationship? I'm about, you know, for some of you, Father's Day is a tricky day because for some people in the room, the relationship you have with your father is not great. And so the idea of a day like today is always difficult for you. And we understand that. 
And so you may be seeing your dad later today. And you're already anxious about it. Because that relationship's volatile. Well, maybe how you walk by the Spirit today in order to see the fruit of the Spirit begin to be birthed in your life is just in a moment, just to ask the Holy Spirit, what in my flesh needs to be crucified right now? This is how I want to treat him. What in my spirit, what do you want me to do today? And just make a different decision. Then act upon it. It's not always all that glamorous. It's, it's just little decisions. Daily, making little choices to do something different. Daily, making a choice to say, you know what? My flesh is going to get crucified today. When the desires come at me to just meet my own need, to satisfy myself, I'm going to let that thing be crucified rather than gratifying it. And what I'm going to see over time is good fruit starting to be produced from my life. You know, I think one of the things that Jesus would want us to grab hold of in this is that good fruit is not just going to happen. We can't just hope and wish and think that something's going to change. We've actually got to lean into something. We've got to take some action in something. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it can be more fruitful. So remain in me, and I will also remain in you. For no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. What I don't want you to walk away with today is thinking that this is some self-help formula. No, this is, we've got to lean into relationship with the Holy Spirit in order to be able to actually see what God has created for us to produce come out of our lives. This is not just about the, the power of positive thinking and you making better decisions. No, this is you leaning into relationship with the Holy Spirit. Walking by the Holy Spirit and saying, I need you to help me make the right decisions today because I know myself and if I know myself well enough, I'm going to gratify my desires of the flesh today because my, I, I love myself and I want what's best for me. I want what feels good for me. I'm not always thinking about everybody else. I'm thinking about me. So Holy Spirit, would you help me? Would you give me what I need? Would you cut off what is not producing any life within me? 
That's a, that's a scary prayer to pray. God, would you prune out of my life things that are not helping me produce good fruit? It's a bold decision to make, but it's walking by the Spirit. It's walking by, by Him. I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet. You know, really, we're going to give some space to respond. The band's going to play. And specifically, I want to encourage you to, to just ask the Holy Spirit if there are two ways in which you can respond. Just two. One, if you're looking at this and you're saying, man, I want to see the fruit of the Spirit come in my life, but I got no idea how to do that. What I've found to be true often in my life is if I'm asking God that I want to see joy in my life, then what I need is an, an, an encounter with the joy of the Lord. It's, it plants a seed in me that can then grow. And so God wants to meet you and he just wants to give you a fresh encounter of who he is. If you want to learn how to be more loving, then ask for an encounter with the love of God. And ask God, would you, would you encounter me with your love? Would you encounter me with your peace? Would you encounter me with your gentleness, with your kindness? And just ask God to meet you where you're at. But you also may need him to cut some things out of your life. And so I want to ask you, that's the second thing. Maybe you're in here saying, there are some things that I know are not bearing fruit in my life. If that's true, come and repent. Find somebody you know, confess your sin one to another, and find the grace that you need to walk free of it. Get on your face down here. Get on your face in your seat, but repent and let God cut some things out of your life because you were made to produce fruit. You were made to bear good fruit. You were made to produce fruit that remains. This is his life for you. This is his calling for you. So let's lean into it. Let's not be passive about it, but let's say, God, we're going to crucify our flesh so that we can see you get bigger in our lives.